0: And This help you to stimulate around the eyes. Greatest and greatest wellness trends, treatments, and experiences. Magnesium is naturally found in foods like This is the Well and Good podcast. Tune in to find the wellness that fits your frequency.
1: Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. at Byte.com, that's B-Y-T-E.com.
2: Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
3: Man, that sunset is gorgeous.
2: Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in.
3: Oh, burger time.
2: So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you.
3: I could stay here forever.
2: Carvana where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit carvana.com today.
0: Hi everyone, welcome back. I'm Ella Dove, your host and director of creative development here at Well and Good. Today we're tackling part two of our financial wellness conversation. If you missed part one, I highly recommend giving it a listen first. I'm biased, but I think it's 20 minutes of time very well spent. And it lays the groundwork for everything we're going to dive into today. We're picking up exactly where we left off, examining how big the wealth gap really is, how getting money back in the hands of women is one of the most powerful tools of feminism, and why women are less likely than our male counterparts to invest. How can we change that? And how do we lay the groundwork for our own financial success? In order to do that, I personally think we need to start untangling money from the stress it can cause and the emotional hangups we've attached to making money mistakes. Fortunately, Bola feels the same and had a great answer when I asked her how we could all stop making money mistakes.
3: You cannot avoid making mistakes. But a lot of people get stuck. I talk a lot of women who say I'm bad with money. I have credit card debt. I'm an overspender. I'm this, I'm that. I'm like, all of us are all those things. But it's, what do you do next? Do you just tell yourself you're bad with money and just stay still and do nothing? Or do you say, okay, why am I bad with money? What areas do I find myself overspending? What are my triggers when it comes to the money mistakes? And how do I adjust this? And sometimes it's really going back into, how was I raised about money? How do my family talk about money? How is that impacting my mindset and the way I approach money? Does that trigger a certain type of response where I'm overspending or I'm afraid to spend? Dig deep, get a journal and write this stuff out. Talk to a therapist if you need to, but we, we have to get to a point where we're able to apply those lessons going forward so we don't get stuck with these statements we make about ourselves, right? We're not bad with money. We just need to learn how to do it better.
0: Lindsay Brian Podvin is the financial therapist we talked to.
1: This idea that people are born being good or bad at money is inherently wrong. I individualize all of my plans with clients. What I am not doing is saying, you can spend 10% on food. You can spend 15% on skincare. You can spend 5% on whatever that's not my job. And it also doesn't work. I tend to be very values driven with my clients. So I ask them, what are the things that derive you the most joy and are most in alignment with your values? And we'll make sure that you have the ability to spend really lavishly for lack of a better term there. And on the areas that don't really light you up, that's where we want to trim back. That's where we want to cut. So instead of saying, what are your needs? What are your wants? Which is completely arbitrary. Who am I to tell somebody, Oh, a monthly massage is a a want and not a need. If somebody has had, you know, chronic pain and they need that massage so they can sleep at night and have healthy mobility, then I'm never going to tell them they're not allowed to have that monthly massage. That's not my job. Um, so rather than saying, spend here, don't spend here, I say, what are the areas that light you up? Let's make sure you can spend in those areas. So we also need to dig in and give them the space to trust themselves that they actually do have values and areas that they prefer to spend in. And what happens when we're faced with a ton of information and a ton of decision-making is we tend to flip into one of two things when we are dealing with financial anxiety. We tend to flip into perfectionism and wanting to do it the exact right way, or we tend to flip into procrastination, which is I'll avoid it. I'll put it off. I'll do it later. So both of those things have, you know, shadow sides of, of seeking out financial perfectionism, because like all types of perfectionism, it's not real. It doesn't exist. And then the same thing with procrastination is when you put it off, it makes it harder and more daunting when you do finally go to engage with your money. And women are socialized to take Care of money in the household, and they are taught the importance of saving. So they're taught the importance of cutting coupons and how to get the best deal on shoes and how to send your kid to camp for the most economical way. But they are not taught the benefits of investing, negotiating for a raise, all of those other things that are the other side of the coin when it comes to engaging with our money.
0: Sally Kraczek, CEO and founder of Elvest, has these numbers to back up that belief.
2: The industry and society tells us is because women are risk averse, and we have accepted that. The real reason is because the industry was not built for us. That in an industry where 98% of mutual fund dollars are managed by men, 99% of investment dollars are managed to companies owned by men, 86% of financial advisors are men, and men are amazing, as I love to say. I've been married to a couple of them. But they built a business that is for themselves. Research shows is that men will invest right through jargon, they don't understand, and women will not. And so that is a barrier for us. I wish more women knew how much they lose each day that they are putting off investing or putting off getting their money in order. And the numbers are really astonishing. Because of the power, you know, Einstein said compounding is the eighth wonder of the world. And what is compounding? It means when you invest, Then you earn a return on that, and then you earn a return on the return, and then you earn a return on the return on the return. And over time, it snowballs such that you hear about it, people have invested for a long time, oh my gosh, I only invested this small amount, and now I have all this money. Even folks who invested, you know, very simply in the stock market. And so that compounding means that the longer we wait, the more we lose out. And for a woman who's making you know, 85,000, so she's doing well, she's doing well and is investing not over and leaving the money in the bank account over time, you know, that adds up to, we we say hundreds of thousands of dollars, but daily it can be a hundred dollars a day. And so what I wish I could do is, you know, for every woman who's not investing and is able to, you know, sort of have a hundred dollars fall out of her purse every day. And then say, okay, there's a hole in your purse. You're losing hundred bucks a day. How long does it take you to fix it? The answer, of course, is immediately. Immediately, right? Maybe two days because I didn't fall out of that hole. But yet we wait on getting ourselves straight with our money because we're busy, but also because sometimes we're intimidated when sometimes because we don't realize how much we're missing out. If you're a little nervous about it, start with an amount that you can sort of mentally say, if I lose all of it, my life won't be different. And that can help you really dip a toe in the water.
3: Everyone should be investing because investing is how you grow your money. This is how you put your money to work for you. This is your money putting on its boots and going to the office (laughs) to make you more money. And a lot of women do not invest because they just don't know what to do. They're afraid, they think it's gambling. But when it comes to investing, (laughs) it's all about simplification. And that means you invest consistently over time right? To take advantage of compounding, appreciation, and dividends, and invest in a well-diversified approach. I think when it comes to expanding your investments, it's really what you feel comfortable with. So there's three key ways to invest. and Within each of those ways, there's multiple avenues. So there's investing in the stock market, and there's a variety of different assets you can invest in through the stock market. You can buy funds, index funds, you can buy bonds, you can invest in real estate, commercial property, rental property, and you can invest in business, whether it's your own business or other people's businesses right? So it's really, what do you feel comfortable with? So I'm someone who
0: vehemently waves the bad at math flag, the flag that I started waving in, I don't know, middle school that empowered me to give up on any chance of ever being good at math and allowed me to just skirt by doing the bare minimum, taking the easy classes and just accept bad at math as my universal truth. And I know I am not the sole waiver of this flag. I think the bad at money flag is just as prolific. I think somewhere along the way, some people sort of accept that money is not their thing and just give up. They accept money as something other people can handle for them or something they'll just avoid. While honestly, I still wave the bad at math flag, cop out or not. I have lowered my bad at money flag. In the last few years, I stopped the excuses and started doing the work. I followed people like Sally, had honest conversations with my partner, and slowly started to see money as a source of strength versus a gigantic stressor. And I still have massive student loan debt, and I sometimes freeze my credit cards to try and curb my own spending. I have also slowly started to use the tools that are available to me to invest what I can consistently, when I can. Delve into the shadows of the mind
2: CarMax, the way car buying should be.
0: In my conversations for this episode, I felt very seen and very reassured that I was on the right track. I also felt even more inspired by Sally specifically to start talking with my friends and my family, as complicated as that may be, about money. While it can feel invasive, taboo, or too personal, those conversations can also be incredibly powerful. They can give you ideas, help you take advantage of money tools you didn't even know you had, and they can really feel like a huge weight off your shoulders. As for where to begin carving out your own financial future, Sally has some very sage advice.
2: If you're only gonna do one thing for me, it's to be in charge of your retirement money. That's putting your money in a diversified investment portfolio investing a little bit out of every paycheck, not freaking out when the market goes bad, you know, staying the course. We shouldn't change our fundamental nature. And by the way, that's what the rest of the investing industry has asked of women. Hey, you need to figure out whether you want to buy a large cap value mutual fund. You've got to figure out whether you want to invest in crypto. You've got to figure out if you want to. And I sort of think of the analogy of the days when you could actually work on a car. Men used to love to spend the whole weekend working on their car. And women are like, I just want to get in and drive. Right. And but the industry's like, you gotta work on the car. You gotta spend time on it. You gotta educate yourself on it. You have to talk about it. You have to think about it. guys love doing it. It's gamified for them. It's a game. We women, you know, maybe you're talking about your career, maybe you're talking about what you can wear, maybe you're talking about What's fundamentally different and it really is a recognition that we have so much going on. We're motivated differently, right? We're, we're still doing more housework. We're still doing more childcare. We're still held to a higher standard of work. We're still held to a higher standard of looking after our parents. We're still hi- we held hold to ourselves, ha- ourselves to that standard. Yeah, we sure do. And society dictates it and we do it. So investing for us at Ellevest, we try to make it effortless so that you don't, it's not another thing you have to do.
0: Yes. Check. As a woman, I feel all of these things. And I feel like I'm constantly retraining my muscle, my money muscle, to not respond from a place of stress or fear or feeling stupid.
2: It's sort of fun because it's a step back to what do I want from my life? What do I want for future me? By the way, we should name her. I named my grandma me. Her name is Esther. The research shows that if I name her, then I start to take care of her as opposed to it's just me older. Esther's probably going to be on her own. Esther doesn't want to be a burden to the kids. And so what am I doing for Esther? And by the way, this month, it could be that I pay off my credit card bill so that Esther isn't stuck with those interest rates in so many years. But it's it's really stepping back. What, what do I want my life to look like, just as we do for our career? And that we should take stock every 10 years, every five years, the career you wanted in your 20s is probably not the same as your 30s, 40s, 50s. I mean, can you imagine doing the same thing in your 60s as your 20s? But the same with what are those things I want to achieve? And What you should target is of your take-home pay, 50% to needs, 30% to fun, because goodness knows, I mean, you have to have fun, right? And 20% goes to Esther and then you know that can be the 401k for esther that can be paying off credit cards for esther that that is you honoring future you esther and do you want that house for her and then you know with an Vest, as you begin to invest you can pretty much set it and forget it we'll let you know if you fall off track you can go in there and see but you you know a recurring deposit just set it and don't think about it again I'm
1: a huge fan of robots. Let the robots do the heavy lifting. As long as you know what's going on in your life and in your finances, you're okay.
0: That's Lindsay again.
1: My tendency would be to not look at my money. So if I can have some automation in place, that helps me to feel really good about what's going on financially. Using the robots to your advantage and automatically taking money from your checking account into a savings account that has the name of what you are saving for on it. So it would say Euro trip 2024 and automatically on the 1st and 15th, 200 bucks gets dumped from your checking to your savings account. So we also want to use some of these systems because psychologically, if we see that extra 200 bucks sitting in our checking account, it's much easier to spend it versus if it's already gone into that cute little savings account to, to go towards our European vacation, we're less likely to dip into it. And so the same thing just gets you know kind of rinsed and repeated with all of these other goals. So if you're saving up for a down payment or first and last month's rent, it's the same thing. When do you wanna move? When do you think you wanna buy a home? How much do you need to save? And then divide that number up by the number of months it's going to take you.
0: So I told Tally I'm going to adopt the name Esther as well. And I got her thumbs up. Esther is my Jewish name, so I feel very connected to that name. And right now, Esther feels like she exists in the very distant future. But she does feel fabulous. I see a lot of month-long global excursions for Esther. And although it might take us all a few months to implement the tips shared today, each new habit helps us, as a community, feel more in control and more able to communicate our money needs and future goals. So where do we go from here? How can we raise and encourage more women to feel good about dealing with their own money?
1: I think one thing is just to know that everybody has some limitation on their spending. Unless you are a billionaire, you do have some sort of limit on the things that you can spend on. For most people, what it is is saying hey, I would love to do brunch with you guys. It's not in my budget. Can we just? Can I just meet up with you guys afterwards when you guys go to the park? Um, or instead of staying at a five-star resort, why don't we do an Airbnb together? And you can be clear about, here's what I can afford. Here's what I can't. Here's what I'm willing to do. Here's what I'm not willing to do. And it sounds really bizarre when I say it like that to say, oh, I can't do dinner with you guys, but I would love to meet up later for drinks. It's actually easier for the people on the receiving end as well, because if they keep inviting you out places, you're like, no, no, next time, next time, I'm busy, I'm busy, I'm busy, but you're not telling them, oh, I actually can't afford it, it's not in my budget right now, you're sending them these mixed cues and this person might be a good friend or a good soon-to-be friend, but they think you're blowing them off. So just being transparent and saying, hey, I actually can't afford the five-star restaurant, but I could do drinks together with you, that is so much more helpful for both you and them and it starts to normalize within that friendship that talking about money is okay.
3: I wish more women were just talking about money and investing, just talking about, you know, on social media, I see it all the time guys are talking they're bragging and they don't even know what they're doing sometimes like it's that ego that confidence they have and i want women to have that confidence about money too where they can speak on it without anybody trying to embarrass or shame them, or not, not even caring about that i want us to have more conversations about making money about investing money about growing our portfolios about our future selves i would love to see more women having conversations like that
2: let's as friends hold each other accountable and talk about these things. Sure, we're talking about the, how much money you make at work. That's sort of weird and awkward, and whatever. But are you with an Ellevest? Are you investing with an XYZ? That's, you know, and sort of hold each other as accountable to it as we do on other things. Like, you know, did you break up with him or her? Did you ask him or her out? You know, all the stuff we hold each other sort of accountable for. We should do it with money too. You've got to be the star of your own life don't let someone else be dictating it. And money is a means yeah. to it for yeah. sure.
0: On today's show, you heard from Lindsay Brian Potman, Sally Krawcheck, and Bola Sekumpi. This episode was produced by Taylor Camille, Kate Spies, and myself, Ella Dev, along with many other hands and brains here at Well and Good. Please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and share. It means the world to us when you do next again scoring by our sound engineer joanna samuel and our theme music was created by madeline lakomsky and matt dinamenico our show art was designed by Janet gibson and Karina masonette and a very special thank you to jess friedman ali short jen snyder and cassie wolf